when you get out of college and you say, I want to go into marketing and film. And what does that really mean? It just houses so many different facets of marketing within itself that I think one common misconception is that it's solely just like you buy the Super Bowl spot or you put the billboard there or you place ads. And it's so much more than that. There's so much more creative involved. There's so much more background work involved. And I think that's one common misconception. You're listening to the You Might Be a Badass podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Todd, an average everyday girl with a nine to five job and a passion for storytelling. This podcast takes you behind the scenes in discovering truly inspiring personal success stories from all kinds of individuals and how they paved their way into becoming their own version of a badass. I speak with entrepreneurs, nine to fivers, stay-at-home moms, athletes, and everyone in between. My goal is to discover the different depths in which we define what it means to be successful. Success means something different to every person, and ultimately, if you're pursuing your passions and living life to the fullest, you too just might be a badass. Today, I am joined by an incredible friend and mentor of mine, Ashley Cartwright. Ashley is one of the most driven people I have ever met and has this vivacious personality that is nothing short of contagious. I met Ashley almost four years ago now, working at a media agency in Burbank. She was my supervisor at the time, but in a fast-paced sink or swim environment, her and I became fast friends too. I knew within moments of meeting her that I wanted to learn her approach to getting a million things done all at once. And sure enough, she showed me her ways that have since stuck with me years later. Ashley is a go-getter with a think bigger mentality, and if you couldn't already tell, kicks ass in her career working as a media director for films at the Walt Disney Company. Her journey getting here may have been an unusual one, starting out on the dance floor, but she literally has never stopped hustling a day in her life. And apparently that started at a very young age too. Clearly, I can't say enough good things about this true badass. So instead of continuing on, I will just let you hear from her yourself. I've never known a love so steady. Hello, hello. Welcome, Ashley. Hi. First things first, obviously want to get to know you, who you are, but let's start at a basic level. What is your title? What do you do for work, etc.? Hello, I am Ashley Cartwright. I am a born and raised California LA gal who grew up in Hollywood, which somehow led me to my amazing job, which is in Hollywood currently. I work at the Walt Disney Company on the theatrical side of things, and I'm the director of media or one of the directors of media. So it's been a fun, long journey getting to the Mouse House, um, but it's exciting to kind of be in this industry never never a dull moment as we always say right oh no it's like (laughs) if you want to learn what it's like to to be thrown into a fire and gotta sink or swim real fast this is the way to do it for sure I don't think anyone truly ever understands what those first few years are like because you're learning a a skill set just of being in the workforce but then you're also learning like an entirely new language. I remember sitting in meetings my first 
couple of months as an assistant and I was, you know, CPM, RFP, like just all of these different words. And they all looked at me like, don't worry, you'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's, it's this, this notion when you come in of like, for the first six months, nothing's going to make sense. No matter yeah. how hard you try, it just won't. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it'll click. And then you'll be speaking this alien language that that is the media language. So yeah. it, it is a, an interesting way to to start off just kind of letting it be. And then you do become an expert and you start to learn what these terms and acronyms mean. And all of a sudden you're a, a media director like you. <laughs> it is kind of nice, that magical moment where it just like jives, you know, you're in the groove and, and it all kind of. I mean, it never works quite how we want it to, right? Um, <laughs> but so I don't know. I don't know about you, but I feel like a lot of people in my life, or some people in my life, still don't exactly know what I do. Um, so I want to kind of just dial it back, as we're alluding to, it's a foreign language. But like, what is media? How do you describe your work to people that have no idea? I describe it in, in two ways, ways that I describe it to my family and my parents and ways that I describe it <laughs> yeah. to colleagues or people trying to get into this profession. When I tell my parents or family members, I'll say, you know, those ads you see on YouTube in front of the Motown video you watched pops or, you know, the commercial in the Laker game or Chrissy's knows best mom. Like I put that there or if I see a billboard and it's my film, I point. I'm like, I made that happen. That's, <laughs> that's, the, yeah. that's the parent family way. <laughs> and then in terms of truly describing it, it's everything we consume, right? It's everywhere, essentially. It's TV, it's social media, it's the radio, it's streaming audio like Spotify, it's the newspaper. It's pretty much everything we consume on a day-to-day -day basis is media. And so when you talk about media planning or being in the media field, it's figuring out what advertisements, what marketing, what placements, what audiences consume said media and when or how or at what time is the right moment to serve up that ad for a particular brand. So while it's surface level, the things we consume, media planning in its entirety involves research and data and audience insights and timing and positioning and all these different things that fall under that umbrella. But that, that's the, ba the basic media definition, at least in my mind. Yeah, the, the 101 course. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the cheat sheet. Yeah. I feel like when I first started, I don't know why, maybe it was probably because it was a big show at the time, but people would always ask me like, oh, you're like Don Draper, you know, from Mad Men. <laughs> And I guess that's really the only at least popular kind of representation of what the ad industry at least once was. Um, but coming off of that, I feel like there's also a lot of these kind of misconceptions within the media industry, but specifically within entertainment and film specific. Um what do you think some of those misconceptions are and how do we sort of combat those or kind of squash them? I, I think the media industry is a, is a unique one, right? It's, it's filled with negotiations, 
relationships and networking, money and figuring out how to manage all of that money, research and data and tools to help create insights, managing other business units because creative filters into the media that you choose and publicity is timed to the big Super Bowl spot you have and social media hits for digital marketing are timed to the Twitter trend that you place. And so it's this all-encompassing marketing field. And so I always think about when you get out of college or come out of college and you say, I want to go into marketing and film. And what does that really mean? It just houses so many different facets of marketing within itself that I think one common misconception is that it's solely just buying a placement somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like you yeah. buy the Super Bowl spot or you put the billboard there or you, you, you place ads. And it's so much more than that. There's so much more creative involved. There's so much more background work involved. And I think that's one common misconception. Another, I think, is the the importance of a network and how you interact or speak with people. We know, because we work in this industry, how important relationships are and partnerships, but the way that you hold and foster those partnerships and relationships really play a big role in how your plans are executed mm-hmm. and and how far people go and how people go to bat for you or how you can get better plans and better rates and things like that. So I think understanding the the preciousness of those relationships are, are very important. So it's not just this flashy marketing job, but it is the behind the scenes of, of cultivating these partnerships in the back end too. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of that age old saying where people say it's, you know, who you know, Mm-hmm. I think that extends so far into our world because you do meet somebody five, six years ago, and then you come across them in a new role. And all of a sudden, it's a different conversation on a very specific tactical level. But it's the same overall conversation of how can we meet both of our goals and make sure that we get the most value and everybody's happy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> totally. Um, well, I, I want to kind of go back to you for a little bit. We'll take a pause on media at large um, and the industry, but I want to learn more about you and your specific path to getting to where you are. So you don't need to go too far into detail, but I would love to sort of know, you know, a little bit more about if it was involved, your upbringing and maybe, you know, your education and some of your first kind of early steps in the door of the industry. So as I mentioned, I'm born and raised in LA, grew up in Hollywood, and I used to go to the movies with my dad all the time. He also worked in the advertising industry. Um, and I think that was my first exposure as a kid to being in that world. I didn't know what it was. I just knew it was cool. And he was, you know, selling ads and magazines and things like that when that was cool. Um, So that was my first entrance to it. I went to UCLA and I studied dance. So completely opposite of (laughs) 
marketing in media. Yeah, a little bit. Little bit. Yep, just a small little pivot. Um, that's what I did growing up, and that's what I thought I was going to do for my profession. But everything I did outside of my day-to-day major was in marketing and outreach and publicity, a part of all of our, uh, all of mine, excuse me, additional extracurricular activities. So in all the organizations I was a part of, I was working on the marketing or doing community outreach. And so that's where I was getting the itch to do marketing for other things. And I thought to myself, oh, maybe this is what I want to do with my career outside of me being afraid of like breaking my leg and not being able to dance and that worry of, oh my God, stability, stability. I started to really fall in love with marketing. And so I was lucky enough to have a sorority sister, shout out to Ashley Buxton. She's the best who (laughs) who worked in our industry, still does. And she knew of an internship at Sony Pictures and she recommended me I had an interview with Vanessa Crace, who's also great. And that's how I got started. And to the point of it's who you know, I lucked out with knowing the right person at the right time, right after college. Truly, I didn't even have a summer, which was fine. I got a job, so I was thankful. But just right out of college, I started to work at Sony Pictures on the digital marketing team, more on the creative when you know you read scripts and you came up with games and websites and things like that back in the day that's when digital was just starting or you scour the internet for sentiment and you'd have to put into the excel what's negative or neutral or positive about a trailer drop and so that's where I got started and I kind of haven't left in the eight plus years of my career this film industry I love that you said you fell in love that's so beautiful I feel like that's kind of rare these days that people have a deeper passion for what they do especially I hate to say, because we already have a bad rap, but millennials in particular, you know, you kind of fall into an industry and you kind of just go, go, go in order to pay your bills. You know, you're, you're fulfilling some need in your life. And I think some people get to a point where they're like, why am I here? Like, what am I doing? Um, So it is really refreshing to hear you talk about it in such a, um, a passionate space for you because that's obviously very evident in the work that you do for people listening. And those who don't know our relationship, like you and I worked together several years ago, or I guess not several, but, um, (laughs) and three, three and a half. It it feels like a lifetime, honestly, (laughs) especially with 2020, like, like, where am I? Yes, yes. Um, but I've told you this so many times before. You've always been such a huge role model for me in career, in life, in all things. So um, it's obviously evident that you love what you do, um, and it really shows. Which is a perfect segue into your like habits, right? Like, where did you kind of learn that? that hustle, that drive, was that a learned behavior? Or is that something that once you found what you loved, it kind of just came natural? First, I want to say thank you, Rachel. That was so sweet. Um, I absolutely think you're a rock star. You already know that. And I was so lucky to have you on my team and see another badass in the making, or you were already a badass. I just got the, I got to see it in person. And so (laughs) thank you for, for being who you are. And I'm so glad I got to work with you in terms of what came more naturally or where my hustle comes from. I think I'm going to say 
it comes from two places. I think I was born with it. And the reason why I say that is because my parents say when I came out the womb, I like already had like this like sassy face. I didn't cry, which you're supposed to. So they had to like spank me a few times to make sure I was fine. Cause I just like wouldn't cry. Oh and I have always had that attitude. So they say, and so I feel like I was born with this kind of like, I got this, you don't need to help me. I can do it yeah. on my own kind of drive. Yeah. But it also comes from my parents. Like they are so driven. My mom had multiple jobs. My dad was always a go-getter. They would travel the world, work hard, play hard. When I was younger, I used to like flip candy to have movie nights. So like I'd buy candy or my parents would buy it. Then I'd resell it to kids and like upcharge no. and then make money and then host oh some parties. <laughs> <laughs> that is so hilarious. <laughs> So like my best friend Linda and I um, used to do that. And I think my parents were like, okay, you want to make money? You want to have a pizza party? Here's how you do it. I'm going to buy you this, make some money and there you go. And so it definitely came from Sheila and William Cartwright. Um, And I think part of that coming naturally is just the ability to be a go-getter and be a little bit more fearless in this industry because to get ahead in my mind you have to have a voice when you have a seat at the table because the opportunity doesn't always come and being a woman being young being black it's really really rare and I've had privilege in my own career and I am grateful for all of my mentors and people above me who've lifted me up but you only get one shot sometimes and you don't want to not have anything to say and so just taking the risk and being able to take those risks came pretty naturally to me and something else is just the the art and the science that has come naturally to me as well of media planning and marketing right I was a dancer so my brain has this artist way and media is very much a science and money and meticulous things and so balancing the art and the science of of what it takes to be creative and execute in media has come really naturally to me. Something on my resume, it's a quote from Pablo Picasso. It says, learn the rules like a pro so you can break them like an artist. And that resonates with me so much because you have to learn, you have to know, you have to be an expert at what you do, but to innovate, to become a visionary, to become anything bold, you have to break the rules. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I go into work every day. And I love it. So fun. <laughs> so fun. Uh, my boss and I will say never a dull moment. And I think that what you were just saying about you have to break the rules. It's, it's so true in that there's all of these groundwork kind of quote unquote, the things that you have to live by the things that you have to actually manage and do in a meticulous scientific way but you have to be brave enough to break that mold. Otherwise our industry would be static, right? Mm-hmm. There would be nothing or no one pushing anything forward. Um, I want to circle back on this, but not yet, because this is alluding <laughs> to another question a little bit later. You were just talking about some of those kind of personal obstacles that you had to overcome, right? You're a female, you're a black woman. Um what are some of those things maybe in a more tangible way that you have felt like you had to face within your career? How did you, how did you overcome them? Or are you still 
taking some of those things on? That is a that is a question. It's loaded. Um, it's loaded. loaded. I know. <laughs> I think. I think. I mean, ask me this question at the beginning of the year, the answer would have been very different. I think mm-hmm. now with everything going on, the Black Lives Matter movement, the issues that's always been happening when it comes to women and getting equal pay, being young in a room full of very successful seasoned executives and trying to have a voice with all those three things against you has always been a bit difficult. There's been times where I have felt all those things very present in a room, like being the only black woman, being the only young person, being, you know, the only young black woman. And so those moments happen often, but you built a thick skin, or at least I have to understand like, this is the place that I'm in. This is the role that I have. And this is how it is as it stands. Do I want that to change? Of course, especially in this moment, are we driving that change or working to drive that change so much more than ever before? And so I'm, I'm hopeful that that feeling won't last forever for other people like me. I don't know in my lifetime if that'll happen. I think the groundwork still needs to be laid, but I do know that I've also had the privilege to not feel that way at all, to feel like no one's even thinking about that or looking at that or sees me that way. And it, it is a, a product of the environment that, you in, that you're in, excuse me. It's depending on the team, depending on who you're working with, who you're talking to. And I've had the pleasure of working on really diverse teams and not so diverse teams. And I think it's an everyday thing I think about and experience. And I, I don't think it'll, it'll go away, but it's something I've learned to recognize and use as something to empower me because I am different, because I'm not the same, because I am unique in that way. So it's a daily, it's a daily overcoming of the feeling, but it, it does fuel me with the fire that I need to continue to make change in every facet of my life. Yeah, you're right. That was um that was a heavier one, and I apologize for saying it so nonchalantly, but to your point, it's um I think for some people, they don't look at you in that regard, which is how I've always been towards you. Like you've always been my Beyonce. And I've said that since day one. Like, you, Stop. That is like the greatest honor. <laughs> you are such a freaking rock star. And like, I'm just having images right now in my head of you running, like literally running around the office from place to place. You're like, okay, send that email. What do you got for me? Let's do this. <laughs> Call her. Like, you are just a magician with literally like octopus arms, right? Like that's how I see you in my mind. So um, again, I I don't want to downplay the tone of that question because I understand your own, you know, personal obstacles and struggles are such a real thing. And it's something that, again, you obviously live with on a day-to-day basis. Um so I just want to acknowledge that. Um, what What's something that motivates you on a day-to-day basis? Is there something that like gets you up out of bed? Is there something that pushes you forward? Is it like straight adrenaline? <laughs> <laughs> I, so my nickname is Energizer Bunny. Like I essentially have this 
I don't know where it comes from, but I can just go, 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 go. And so I think when I wake up, I'm just ready to seize the day. But something else that motivates or energizes me is people. Like I say that my hobby is people and that's getting to know people and their stories, inspiring people or having people inspire me, listening, making sure they have a good time, all these things surrounding people. And so the way I get that is by waking up and going and going outside and doing things and going to work and meeting and talking with those people and having conversations like this. And so I think that is something that truly, really motivates me. And something that I tell myself is that there's there's power and inspiration and self-growth and exploration. And what I mean by that is doing the inner work and understanding yourself on all levels, whether it's personal, professional, um, health-wise, and just taking the time to listen and explore what makes you happy is what drives me. And to put that into context from a professional standpoint, advice I typically give is coming out of college or going into a new job is explore. Every job is a step in the right direction. Even if you hate it or if you love it, you learn something from that experience and then you take that to the next. And I think a lot of people are sometimes afraid to to go into a job if it's not perfect or doesn't fit into this Mm -hmm. box that they thought would be the right career choice. And so I say, go for it. Every job is a job in the right direction. Explore. That's what equals growth. And that's something that continuously motivates me is that anything I do, anything I try will, will lead me into the right direction. Yeah. I love that reminder. I feel like when I was early on in my career, I was so nervous about doing the absolute right thing as a next step? Am I making the right move by going to this company? Will it look bad if I'm getting myself into a a niche or, you know, staying stagnant? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a a really good reminder is you're going to learn something there. And if it's not right, it's not right. You pick up and you move on. Mm Mm-hmm nobody's going to look at that experience unless it's like completely detrimental, but nobody's going to look at that and be like, Oh, what happened here? You know, it, it all mm-hmm. adds to your skill set or your outlook on life. It sounds cheesy, but it, it changes everything for you. Yep. So you learn something no matter what. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You learn something no matter what. Was there ever like a moment or a campaign or something where you kind of had like that aha moment where you were like, I'm in the right place. This is where I'm supposed to be. Yes. I think outside of starting in the media industry and it being so much fun and it felt like an extension of, of college for a second, because you go into this, this place where everyone's young and vibrant and fun at the agency. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, this is the right place for me for sure. Um, but outside of that, it was, this one particular campaign that I remember so vividly, which was Hotel Transylvania 2. And I was working at Universal McCann, the agency that was Sony's agency of record. And I was being integrated for the first time, planning both digital and traditional TV broadcast, um, radio and all of that together. And my boss, Jamie Berkovitz, who's now a close friend of mine, she was, she 
sprung on me the night before, hours before the end of the day, that I was going to present for the first time in front of the client. Oh my gosh! As an integrated planner, and I was like, um, I I've never done this before. I I'm very nervous. I don't think I'm ready for this. And she had all the confidence. She's like, you're ready. I mean, it's happening. You're doing it because I can't do it. So you're going to do it. Yeah. And I walked into that meeting and it went so well. And that's because it just came so naturally. Like I didn't, I think being underprepared and showing up and still doing a great job showed me that, oh, I know this. Like I truly do know what I'm doing and I truly can have a discussion and a conversation and a presentation about my work. And that moment fueled me with the confidence of, oh, I, I got I got this. I can I can do this in my sleep if I really had to. And I was so grateful for that moment of being pushed and seen in terms of what I was capable of. You were a planner at the time? I was a little planner. Yep. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's that's impressive in itself. I mean, I feel like for those of us that are in the industry, you know that usually as a supervisor or above is when you start to present. So <clears throat> that's wild. <laughs> Jamie that's was a supervisor and she just threw me on in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, you know, you have to sink or float in some yep. situations. So I love that you floated. Yeah, you swam. She, yeah, I, she did the right thing. I thank her for it every day. Good. Um, I feel like we've touched on this a little bit, but we've been talking about how media is so measurable, right? You know, mm -hmm. if a campaign is successful by the metrics that we get back, by all the data that we get back. But I think arguably just as important are the non-measurable ways that we define success within the industry. Mm -hmm. We talked about negotiation and relationship building, um, things like emotional intelligence to understand how to suppress a situation. Do you kind of agree with that? And some of those non-tangible ways are equally as important. And is there something that you feel like you do the best or that you've mastered over the years? I think going back to the partnership of it all is where I think the most unmeasurable, measurable thing comes mm -hmm. into play, right? Mm -hmm. So you can get your metrics and your engagement rates and your deliveries and your costs per X, Y, Z, but building those relationships and fostering those partnerships are what create the outstanding marketing campaigns. And what I mean by that is you can negotiate and try to get the best deal and the lowest rates and X, Y, Z, but when it becomes a partnership, a mutual agreement that everyone's excited about and you're working hard to make them look good and they're working hard to make you look good, it really becomes special. And that word partnership, I think is key because when you're growing up or, or learning for the first time in this industry, how to speak to you know vendors and people you're working with, it's a touchy um, relationship you have to foster and be careful with because these are people, like you said, you may run into again, you may need something from, you may um, need help from. And so that piece of partnership and, and creating those bonds in the industry, I think is one. And then I also think it's understanding who 
people are outside of partnership of like who you're presenting to, who is your boss, mm. like understanding how people work because you're pitching your ideas, you're pitching your recommendations and you're managing people below you. And I think that's key of understanding people because people are who you work with and people are whole. They're not just someone you go to work with every day. They actually have their own lives, their own thoughts, their own personal issues. And when you can bring your full self and understand their full self, that also creates an immeasurable uh, success in the industry, I think at least. Totally echo all of that. Hugely important for sure. Um, I would obviously be remiss if we didn't talk about the pandemic. <laughs> what? Um, what pandemic? What, what is that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so COVID, as we're all well aware, has shaken up every single industry known to man, probably actually, because it's, you know, affecting the entire world. Um, how have you felt that impact within media? And do you think that any of these outcomes will shift the industry going forward? The short of it is being in the film industry with theaters shut down, that initial first few months and still now in some markets is obviously difficult because you have no product to market. So that initial workaround of figuring out if we're going to stream or in our case, add on Disney Plus with Premier Access, like that part of distribution is new. And then you have production schedules when it comes to broadcast stopped. So original programming isn't on TV, which means what do we buy on TV? What is on air? How do we put commercials into the right places? And then when it comes to digital, you can't have long lead times because you don't know if your movie is going to move out of a date or not. And so you can't plan something three months in advance. you got to have turnkey, quick, nimble executions of media across the board. Then you think about out of home, printing all that art takes a lot of time. Is that market going to close all of a sudden? Maybe. <laughs> do, you, do you know? Do you know? Do you Who not knows? Know? <laughs> Who knows? And so you're playing this game of what if, which is the worst because yeah. we're future planners. And when mm -hmm. the future is not clear, it makes our job very, very difficult, as you know. And I think the, the fortunate part for us as entertainment marketers is that our industry was always so volatile. It was always so crazy and ever-changing and quick. And so I think we have the luxury of being a little more used to it, not completely for this scenario, but a little more versus like a CPG, which is always on for a year and then let it go. So I think having that mm -hmm. skill set has really helped in this moment of uncertainty, but pivoting in the way of being okay with not moving forward with things right away, adjusting flights and timing and production schedules to, to mirror what, what's going on, being more targeted in the markets that are open and things like that, I think are the ways that everyone in this industry have shifted, not specific to, to me, but just in general, that's kind of what we've all had to do. Um, and I think some of the things that will stay, or at least that I hope will stay, are the windows of theatrical versus streaming or like maybe some titles make sense to do both maybe 
it's a different relationship with exhibitors where exhibitors start to create their own streaming platforms versus like an iTunes or Fandango, maybe AMC comes up with one. And then it's this different relationship and distribution or the way in which we are planning more targeted media, not that we hadn't before, but it's more, it's, it's increasingly important and everyone can see why it's important now versus just the media team being like, this, this makes sense. And so I think a lot of what we did on the media side of things is is being shown as uber critical to all marketing teams. And so I think that is, is good as well. Because sometimes media, while it's the biggest spender, people don't think it's the most important, which, I mean, of course, I'm going to think that because it's my team. But <laughs> I do think it's, it's critical for a campaign. So um, that's what I would say. It'll be interesting to see for sure. I feel like every day or week is something new that we're learning and adapting to. So who knows what the next couple weeks or even month will look like it could be a completely new world yeah or back to the old world who knows <laughs> I know it's 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 wild I just can't believe I even opened a movie in co- during coronavirus it's it's I'm like what there's a what we opened a movie <laughs> and sure? people went to the movies I still yeah. can't believe that keep going I to know. the movies everyone <laughs> what would you say is the most rewarding part of the job for you Outside of getting to see all the movies early, because <laughs> that is awesome. Okay. And then tell not telling your friends about the movie, but being like, oh, you're going to love this. That's The anticipation is so, so great. But honestly, it's the consumer's joy of seeing a movie and being so excited when they come out of the theater and talking about it and then seeing you the marketing campaign that you put together and they're saying, oh, I saw that ad on TV or I've been seeing new mutants everywhere. And then you really feel like your work is being seen by the masses because I'm a consumer. I love going to the movies. And I know that feeling of when you see a good movie, how excited you are. And when you clap at the end or when you see a trailer and you start to whisper and you're like, yes, let's go and see that. And you're planning that excitement and being the one to deliver that excitement is very, very rewarding to me if you weren't in the entertainment field still in media but not in entertainment is there another vertical that you would consider working in I've always thought about and wanted to work for a company like Coca-Cola or Red Bull or Nike and I think I say those because those are brands that have these they're not standard by any means but standard products whether it's a shoe or a coke soda or a red bull but their marketing and their branding goes so far beyond that product right whether it's opening happiness with coca-cola and they have all these different uh, facets of their company or nike which not only is a shoe but leans into more of the health and branding of certain sports teams and things like that or Red Bull which is these ultra crazy extreme athletes who do these wild things and I think having a brand that can branch outside of just the sole product is really really cool. What would you say to a college graduate who is looking to get into media or marketing? Um, Obviously it's a crazy time right now So what would you say to somebody who graduated in June and they're still looking for that perfect job? First thing I would say is something I said earlier, which is 
maybe don't look for the perfect job. Look for a job that's right for right now because everything, even if it's not exactly what you want to do, is a step in the right direction. So keep your mind open and your your resume and your list of opportunities open because you never know where it'll lead you. Network, like reach out to people like crazy. If some, if half of them, if 80% of them don't answer, you never know what the 20% can do. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know what connection you're going to make. LinkedIn people, people are at home. People are more open and willing. People are, at least for me, have been wanting to inspire and motivate and help others more than ever before. And so you just never know. Um, what someone can do for you. So network and reach out to people and be fearless. If it doesn't come as easy, which I understand, try to push yourself. The worst that you can get is a no. And that's really it. It's like, but Mm -hmm. the upside of a yes or a sure, I'll take that interview is so much greater than just not taking the chance. And so be fearless, take the risk because again, you never know what can happen. Clapping at all of that. (laughs) Um, so I want to move into our final segment that I do with, um, each of my guests, because I think there's so much value in understanding them at a little bit more of a core personal level beyond their career. So first of all, do you have any non-negotiables that you have throughout your week that you just need to do to feel like you're your best self? Non-negotiables throughout the week. My non-negotiable on a macro scale is I must be able to travel (laughs) like (laughs) for work, like not for work, but like travel and having vacation is critical to my happiness. And so that's something that is always worked into my work. Have you ever been able to go anywhere, at least like road trips or do anything like that? During COVID or in, yeah, yeah I, I took a trip up north, which was fun to Napa and Oakland and Santa Barbara. And we, my best friend and I, we worked from home, but just from a different location. And it was great. I'll continue to try to do that. Try to mix up the location, everyone. It's a different scenery makes for a a happier mind and self and you get more creative. So I highly recommend that. Non-negotiables for the week. I think I not a, I'm not a morning person. So don't, if you want me firing on all cylinders, don't schedule a 9am meeting with me. Just don't like, or you want to see my face on a zoom, like don't schedule a (laughs) 9am meeting with me. Um, And I think also Fridays, it's a, it's a lot of time, like personal time. I'm like, leave, like, we, I, let's not have meetings on Fridays. Let's just have emails, which is fine. Don't wake me up early in the morning. <laughs> I think those are all important. You have to have kind of your mental space protected in this little safety box over here for you to be able to function properly. Um, it definitely takes a level of sophistication to like learn what those are for yourself so that you Mm -hmm. are presenting your best self and still continuing, you know, to function as best you can. Yeah, I definitely used to be shy about that, but now I'm absolutely not. I will tell someone, "Mm, I don't know, that's not going to work. 9.30, I don't think so. (laughs) I wouldn't even offer up that time. Post 10, even though I am available. (laughs) <laughs> what does your morning routine look like? I wake up before my alarm every day now, which I guess is a great thing. Um, but 
I try to write in my journal. I have a daily, daily gratitude journal that just talks about, you know, what you're grateful for, what would make today great, what are some things you want to accomplish. And it's a good way to start off the day because it really sets a tone of what will make you happy today. And it could be a range of things. And so that's a good way for me to start my day. If I don't grab for my phone first and scroll Instagram, which is an issue I'm trying to fix, but at least I'm not on TikTok yet. I haven't gone down the TikTok um, rabbit hole, but it's mostly trying to do the gratitude journal and then get a little bit of a stretch in and just warm up my body. That's like the dancer in me, just like warm up myself and my body and my brain and then get the day going. How about evening? Do you have a wind down routine? Outside of wine? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be. Um, yeah. I, it's kind of, it's very similar. Something I try to put into practice now is before bed, I try not to go on my phone. I have um do not disturb mode come on at 10 p.m. And so I try to disconnect and then stretch, light a candle, do some meditation and then finish out my gratitude journal. And then by then I'm like nice and tired and relaxed and I go to sleep. That's the goal. Like that's what happens most of the time. Again, my phone sneaks in there once in a while or shopping (laughs) online does, which is totally fine. But that's kind of where I try to, I try to disconnect and disengage with any mobile or computer and just kind of enjoy my space. I like that. Of course, I saved the best for last. Um, <laughs> I always love this one because it means something different to every single person. And I really love hearing people's definitions of it. Um, but what does the term success mean to you? I love this question, by the way, because it is so diverse and across everyone who shares it. And I think for me, success is happiness like bottom bottom line success is happiness and whatever you're doing whether that's personal professional or what have you and it's having pride in what you do as well again personal professional or what have you just because when you're proud of yourself and the decisions that you've made and the effort that you've put in no one can take that away from you And it's this inner excitement and joy that I get because I get to talk of myself. I get to say, yeah, you did that exactly how you wanted to. And whatever anyone else says is their thoughts. And it took time to work up to that. Like that's, that's inner work, but being happy and proud of all the things that you put forth as a human being, that's success to me because then I'm, I'm loving and happy on the inside. And hopefully that shows on the outside. Hmm. I really <laughs> love, I love that so much. Honestly, I, I feel like I can relate to that one and something that I tried to strive for as well. And obviously this crazy life we live in is ever evolving. So I think happiness is one of the most important things that you could literally ever achieve. So I love that. Yay. (laughs) For anybody who wants to know more about Ashley Cartwright, where can they find you? You can find me on LinkedIn, Ashley Cartwright. And I work at the Walt Disney Company if you're trying to decipher which Ashley Cartwright I am. Um, And on Instagram, Ashley Cartwright, three Ys and three Ts in my first and last name. And 
Facebook. If you're you're watching Facebook, I barely go on Facebook, but same Ashley Cartwright. And yeah, reach out. Like I said, I'm open to networking and meeting people. I love people. They're my hobby. So hit me up. I'll add all of those to the show notes as well. So people can just easily click on your stuff. But thank you seriously so much. This was a really great conversation and always lovely to talk to you and see you was the best part. (laughs) So thank you for taking the time um, to be with me today and talk about you and your background and, and inspiring other people. So really appreciate it and love you so, so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was so great to see you and talk and I am very grateful and very um, filled with gratitude for being on this podcast. So thank you. Of course. Love you. Bye. Love you. (laughs) All right. That's it for today. Don't forget to follow along for more on Instagram at you might be a badass podcast and let me know your thoughts about today's show. And I'll see you again, same time, same place next week.